Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Saman Green, the Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Welcome to episode 122 of the Average Cheese Podcast. The whole family is here to discuss the Aaron Rodgers trade that just dropped about mm, two and a half, three hours ago or so. I'm very excited to hear our thoughts. Although we talked about Aaron Rodgers eight million times on this show. Eight million and one coming today. Thanks to Peter's wife, Rhonda. Rhonda and the folks from Arna Management. <laughs> Dwight from DDGCustoms.com. And Dan and the folks at Bob Anderson Builders. This is the finale of season three, Dan. So I will get you a number. Thank you again for sponsoring us. And I will figure out the cuss jar. And we will send a check off to Veterans Outreach of Wisconsin. Also, listeners, if you have a charity that you would like us to cuss for and sell shoes for in season four, let me know. And next week, we're going to start. So we're going to need a charity to cuss for. Todd and Peter, it's wonderful to see you. Todd, it's good to see you again. Been a while. Wow. Yeah. It's been two episodes, I think. You are now neglecting your kids, so good for you. Yes. (laughs) Back to being a poor dad. Peter, I'm happy to see you. It's good to be here. It's draft week as well. I'm so excited. I'm like a kid at Christmas. Nice. So excited he cussed before the episode started. <laughs> Kickstart this thing. Yeah, it may or may not have happened. So let's go. So here goes. The Aaron Rodgers trade just happened. My phone blew up at school when that happened. Did yours as well? I see you both nodding. Todd, how many text messages and Twitter messages came through for you? Well, considering I don't really look at Twitter. So it was all text messages? Yeah. From a guy I work with who is a Bears fan, that had to happen right off the bat. So immediately I was getting out of the gym. I was in the parking lot. And then I was like, got to tell Dale. And that was right before I was going to bus duty. So thank you for that. Oh. Because I I actually heard heard yours and I looked, I'm like, oh, like six people have texted me in the last four minutes. Yeah, it's weird because I was like on the treadmill and stuff. I didn't see shit on any of the um, any of the screens. I thought I would have saw it, but then also just happened during my transition back out to the parking lot. Today's the day. Everything's going to radically change in Green Bay. I'm happy it's over at this point. I'm not happy to how it went, but I'm relieved that we we can all move on. Peter, you turn on the local sports show, uh, the London Sports Channel, whatever it is. Are they talking about Aaron Rodgers? So it was on Sky News and I saw it on BBC News this evening, which is really unusual. They don't carry a lot of American football, as we would call it, on on the BBC News. But but there it, there it was, blasted at the bottom of the screen. Green Bay Packers trade, Hall of Fame to be quarterback Aaron Rodgers or words to that effect. Yeah, it's made the news here. Wherever you sit on this whole thing and... Whatever I think it's it's good to be able to put it behind everybody and everybody can move on. The Packers can move on, Jordan Love can move on, we as fans can move on. 
and the Jets can move on and Rogers can move on and, and go in their direction. So I think I think the worst thing that could have happened, this has dra- drug on long enough. The worst thing that could have happened was it, for it continue to drag on to the draft, beyond the draft, beyond June the 1st into July and we're all we'd all be sitting there thinking this ain't going to happen and then what happens so it's nice just to get all this behind us and for, for the good of everybody we can all move forward the most recent thing was oh they're going to wait till a draft night and then they're going to figure that out imagine the pressure on a GM like watching the draft happen all of a sudden I, you know Joe Douglas gets to like seven and their guy goes and he's like oh shit now I gotta make this trade right now and then figure out who I'm picking at 13 or 15 or however we're going to do this. That didn't make a lot of sense to me because that's strenuous night for them no matter what. I mean, we do fantasy football drafts. You're like, oh, shit, my guy just went, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it doesn't affect our livelihood. Win or lose a couple hundred bucks where Joe Douglas could get fired for picking the wrong guy. So I, I don't know. I didn't think that was going to happen. I'm glad it's done. It's not a day of shock because we knew it was coming. It's just a... It was it a just, when. It drug on... Yeah, it just drug on way too fucking long. Now it's over. I mean, I've come to terms with accepting that that era is over. You know that every great Hall of Fame player has to move on out of your organization at some point. I wish it would have happened differently, but it didn't. I've come to terms with that. So again, it's... It's not a day of shock. It's just a day of relief, really. I saw something uh, Ken Ingles put out on Twitter that they're over the cap and like 25% of their money is dead cap. $57 million. Does that sound right in dead cap this year? But yeah, it's 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 a lot. It is about twenty five percent of the of the two hundred and twenty five million cap or whatever the number is, two hundred and twenty six million. Yeah. Here's the trade per ESPN. The Jets are receiving Rodgers. The 15th pick in 2023 draft and a 2023 fifth round pick in exchange for the 13th overall pick this year, a second round pick, which is number 42 this year, a sixth round pick this year, and a conditional 2024 second round pick that will become a first round pick if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays this season that surprises me does that not surprise you at all the whole hang-up i thought was what's he gonna do next year not what's he gonna do this year and that's why i I always thought that i went on record a few months ago thinking that the trade would be something like a second rounder this year a conditional third rounder next year which has turned out to be a conditional second rounder but a conditional third rounder in 2025 as well based on whether or not he played in 2024. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it does surprise me because the Jets have got no protection there against him retiring after a year, which is the su- the surprise to me. Because now they're giving, you know, he could play 70% of the snaps next year and they're giving up a second rounder and a first rounder for a guy that plays one year. That's a heck of a lot. They have no guarantees that Aaron Rodgers plays after this season. No. Do they think... I don't even understand the trade, honestly, right? Like I get how it's going to work. I understand why the Packers decided they needed a sixth round pick because they were going to have like nothing and then a million seventh round picks. So I understand why they got a sixth round pick this year. I just don't understand in what scenario does Aaron Rodgers not play 65% of the snaps this year? The only scenario is that he gets hurt, right? They're not going to bench him for Zach Wilson or whatever shit bag they've got on the bench in New York. So the only guarantees that 
I also heard that they're going to restructure the contract, Peter. The report that I saw that they will restructure the contract before the trade happens. So he'll restructure his contract with the Packers to facilitate the trade to the Jets. Now, that to me can only mean that the option bonus that he's due in September, the 59 point whatever million, that that number will be restructured in some shape or form to reduce the Jets cap number this year. I think that Rogers will still get that money, but I just don't, I would imagine, and I'm guessing now, I would imagine that, that some of it will be pushed into next year so that they don't eat it all in, in, in one lump, if you like. That's the only thing that I could imagine. I would doubt, and I might be wrong, but I would doubt that the restructured contracts gives Rogers less money. And it's very unlikely to happen, right? But I don't think a team that, that if they want that cap space, I don't think a team would take the risk of taking on the existing contract and then restructuring it, right? Because there's always a risk that you don't come to an agreement on that restructure, however small that risk might be. And so therefore you want to take on the contract as you want it at that point. And the team that receives the player receives the contract that he's on at that very point. So it makes more sense, certainly from a Jets perspective, as a contingency for the trade, that the contract's redone before the trade. I appreciate you for that. If it makes a whole lot more sense to me now. Thoughts about the compensation that the Packers got? You talked about it. If you you know didn't get what you talked about a couple of weeks ago, the second and thirds that they were going to was a negative. So this is a lot different with some fifths and sixths thrown in there. So thoughts? The fifths and sixths are a little bit of window dressing around the trade. The Packers moving from 15 to 13 and the Jets moving from 13 to 15. I think that happens on the basis of the Packers then giving up a fifth rounder and getting a sixth rounder. So I think that's the kind of equivalent of, of that. So I think that's pretty much a, a wash, really. What surprises me, so second round pick, I think we were all kind of expecting that it would be a second rounder this year. My mind was set that it would be a conditional pick of some sort next year. What surprises me is A, that it's a second round pick rather than starting at the third round. So I kind of expected a third round pick that would become a second rounder if, say, the Jets got to the playoffs and possibly became a first rounder if they got to the Super Bowl. That kind of thing. The fact that it starts at a second round pick, so the Packers can get no worse than a second round pick next year, is a bonus. And the fact that that second round pick, barring some injuries, you talked about some catastrophe, is almost certain to become a first round pick. The other way of looking at that is if Rodgers doesn't play 65% of the snaps, say, heaven forbid, he gets injured in the third game, Zach Wilson comes in, the chances are the Jets won't be as good as they would have been with Rodgers. And therefore, the second-round pick the Packers would get likely be higher in the draft anyway. Yeah, it'll be a nice so, second-round so pick. The Packers have absolutely done a lot better on that basis than I expected them to do. You know, this is different from a year ago. If this had been a year ago, we would have been talking about Russell Wilson-type trade compensation. But given Rodgers' contract and all of that stuff, I think the Packers have done really well. And I'm surprised, pleasantly and happily surprised. So I think they've done very well out of this. I mean, essentially, it's two seconds. It's guaranteed two seconds, maybe a second and a first. Moving up is kind of a nice, you know, I yeah. mean, two spots is two spots. Again, you told me before we started recording that on page 305 of the UK <laughs> draft guide is the how do you move up in the draft and what will you get for it? I mean, the Packers decided to package 13 and 42 when a team yeah, I mean, who didn't get their quarterback or didn't get their pick like wants to trade out and now you're in the top 10 maybe you're in the top 
eight? I mean, that could yeah. really get you an elite player. You know, without overplaying two extra pick from being at 13 rather than 15, you, you're absolutely right. You know, the Packers could, you know, if they package 42 and 13 together, yeah, I mean, you're, you're up, getting up towards the top five. Really? No, I don't, you know, you're, pro you're probably at like pick six or seven, providing the big proviso with that is that you've got a team that will trade with you. Pick 42 is only 10 picks into the second round. It's not like right. it's pick 60. It's, it's early. We've talked about it. There's a there's a chance for GMs to look back at their board, figure things out, look at guys that they're very excited about. So a top 10 pick in the second round is very valuable. From a Packers perspective, it just opens more things up, doesn't it? So let's let's say, let's just say a, a Jackson Smith in Jigba, right? I always felt they would need to probably move up to a few spots to get him. Now they might be in a position to get him, or they've only got to move up an, an extra couple of spots to get him rather than having to move four or five slots to get him. And all of that makes a difference. Alternatively, you know, you look at it another way. If they were to trade down from 13 to 20 or, or wherever, I mean, you're talking about it's definitely a second-round pick. And if you moved a bit further, you could end up with a first-round pick from from next year, if you wanted to do that. Um, but you could certainly trade down from 13, pick up an extra second-round pick, and all of a sudden you've got a first-rounder and three second-round picks. And this is a Packers team that needs help at multiple positions. It needs players. I'm, I'm all for trading up into the top 10 if there's a guy that you really want that you think can make a difference. But weigh that up against, actually, could I turn that first-round pick, pick 13, into into two really good players, a tight end at 22 and who knows, another position, an edge guy or an edge guy at 22 and a, a receiver in, in the second round, whatever it might be. Alternatively, they could trade a second round pick and get up, get seven or eight seventh round picks for it. <laughs> <laughs> right. They've got four. They might as well they're trying to get every pick in the, in the, in seventh, the seventh round. round. <laughs> I saw that Jackson Smith and Jigma is now – I've heard that he might go in the top 10. I think the thing is with, with all of these guys, and I say this a lot for want of repeating myself, but I think it's important. It only takes one team. Even if 31 teams don't think he's a top 10 pick, if one of those teams picking in the top 10 thinks he is, the one out of 32 is enough for him to go. And that happens a lot, I think. Even though on a consensus draft board he may not be there, is there one team – in the top 10 that would, that would take him, quite possibly. As always with most drafts, but particularly with this draft, is where do those quarterbacks go? How early do they go? There's definitely four. There could be five with Hen with Hendon Hooker, who may go before the Packers pick. At so 13? all of a sudden, yeah, that wouldn't wow. surprise me at all. Would not surprise me at all. You can absolutely see Carolina taking a quarterback. They're bound to, aren't they? Mm -hmm. You could see Houston taking one, depending on how they're feeling about it. Indianapolis, so that's three for starters. The Raiders, you could see going particularly if Anthony Richardson's available at that point. There's four before we get to pick seven. Atlanta, Tennessee, and the wild card, New England. Now, they're now behind the Packers, but they could move above above the Packers. It's going to depend on whether those teams are prepared to take a quarterback and whether they see Hendon Hooker as value at as the fifth quarterback in this draft, what the value that they put on him is. And again, I'll go back to the point we just made. It just takes one team.
Wow. Could you imagine? I hope that happens. I hope they all pick quarterback yeah. because <laughs> yeah. there are some really talented football players available at 13 at that point. Just throw that out there. You know, if we just think about the Packers picking at 13, let's just, let's say four quarterbacks go. Let's be realistic and let's say that it's four. Right. And it may not even be four. It might be three. Right. But let's say it's four. And then you throw in Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, the two corners. Gonzalez and Witherspoon, and then you've got to eight players without without even thinking about it. I haven't thrown Jalen Carter in there. There's nine. Bijan Robinson, possibly, to Philadelphia. That's that's 10. And that's 10 players off the board before you even think about it. We haven't even started talking about the offensive tackles that may go, Skaronsky, Johnson. Throw in a wild card in there, because there will be a guy that goes in the top 10 that everybody's got at 25th on their board or that kind of area, there will be a guy. Packers are going to get the choice of almost any position. So, Todd, let's go to you. Peter and I just went off about the draft for like 20 minutes. They get another second-round pick from the Jets, so they will have their pick and the 42 from the Jets. The Packers get a second-round pick for sure next year that will be a conditional first if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays. Again, he has to get her to not play 65% of the plays. So the Packers... It, so just to clarify, is it 65% of the plays or 65% of the games? Of the plays this season. Again, he's going to play every fucking play yeah. unless he gets hurt. Right. Again, barring injuries, the Packers have moved up in the draft to 13. They have a second this year and a first next year, assuming Aaron Rodgers' health. I like it for the most part. I think the move from 15 to 13 is apples and oranges, but I, I, I know what's tied to it. What we give up a, what did you say? If We give up a fifth to move for, up for that and we get their sixth. Which means right. fifth and sixth round picks are, it's nothing. Is the move from 15 to 13 significant? I think if you're targeting a player. Which and we might be. Peter likes the wide receiver out of Ohio State. I don't mean to, don't mean to change the subject on you. That's yeah. I, why not? I would not have a problem with that either. Uh, like we were talking before the the podcast started. I think as many things on the offensive side of the football that you can upgrade for the success of Jordan Love for him to have that confidence and kind of build around and have some weapons, it, right? Yeah. I don't care how uh, good Jordan Love is or isn't. He needs more weapons than Aaron Rodgers did because he's a first-year oh, quarterback. 100%. Yeah, it's unfair to give him a bunch of crap and expect him to make, you know, chicken soup out of chicken shit. So I would have liked to seen a guaranteed first pick instead of the conditional 65% of the plays thing. And I thought they were going in the direction of because he opened his mouth about retirement that they were going to kind of create that around more of a retirement thing. But I don't know what the Vegas odds are of him playing 65% of the plays. But I mean, once we get past week, whatever, right? we just start celebrating. <laughs> we have a drop. Well, 65, um, maybe game 10. But yeah, I get your absolute point. So, I mean, I, I like like. Overall, I like it. Would I have liked to seen a guaranteed instead of the 65% thing? Yes. I think all the the fifth for a six to move up to 13 is it's all like, I don't know. I, to me, it's just like it, it's kind of apples and oranges at that point for, for some of that stuff. But we did gain a second out of that. Yep. So A for sure second and another yeah. for sure second possibly. Exactly. Exactly. So I, overall, I like it. Well, we didn't we didn't gain one first rounder this year. We just swapped. 
Correct. positions. And then but we got next year we a conditional it. possible one. I would have liked to have seen that cleaned up as a guaranteed. I am not wishing injury upon Aaron Rodgers. But imagine he gets the game 10. They're like five and five. He gets hurt in game 10. They lose the next seven games in a row. They end up like five and 12 and the Packers have the. But you won't know that until the end of the season, right? Because the percentage is going to be based on the number of plays for, uh, throughout the entire season. Right. You have so to hope that every hurt, team runs the football against the right. Jets to minimize the, the amount of plays And that the Jets don't fucking have any offensive <laughs> plays whatsoever. <laughs> That would be funny. I may have to run onto the field to put a stop to that or something. Go to a Jets game and <laughs> fucking interfere somehow. We were watching highlights right before we started the podcast. Aaron Rodgers yeah. highlights. Do you, Todd, have a favorite Aaron Rodgers moment or throw? I mean, there's a lot of them, right? As much as I beat up on Aaron Rodgers, the amount of things that that man has done in our fandom there's so many things to think of. Yeah, man. Yeah, there's a ton. There, there's one, when I think of that question, the very first thought I think of is the throw to Cobb. Was it against the Bears? Yeah. And I, I don't even remember all the, what year, or what game that was, but I'll, that one in particular. I think it's the 2013 season. Well, the Packers needed to beat the Bears in the last oh. regular season game to, to make the playoffs. Yeah, win the division and make the playoffs. Yeah, and it was it was fourth down when it was fourth mm-hmm. and ten. Yep. Cobb, yep. Cobb somehow managed to get wide open down. The, I know, under down the seam. Yeah, and yeah. didn't Julius Peppers almost sack him on that play too? Yeah, yeah, that was that's the first thought I think of, and I don't know why, but that must have just stuck with me because that was just like a holy fuck, you know, moment. Yes, in his career, but th- that one that would be it for me. I mean, there's a, a million others that are probably better, but for whatever reason, that's that becomes the play mine. that you're going to remember, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I don't have a play as such because there's so many, there's so many plays. But there's a game, and it's the the, the 2010 divisional playoff game in Atlanta. So Atlanta were the number one seed going in, and the Packers, you know, just made the playoffs as a wild card, the number six seed, and they beat beat the Eagles the week before and went into Atlanta. We're underdogs in that game, Rodgers played as well, I think, as I've ever seen any quarterback play in, a, in one game. And I don't remember what his stats were, but something, you know, 29 of 35, that kind of range. But he absolutely commanded that game. And lots of people remember that game for Tremont Williams' interception on the last play of the first half, or pretty much the last play of the first half. But Rodgers in that game was absolutely brilliant. The be- Certainly the best that I've seen him play and the best that I've ever seen Certainly a Packers quarterback play in any single game. And it's a long time ago now, 13 years ago, to think to me, but he peaked that day. That was as good as he ever was. And he was very, very good and brilliant for lots of other games. But to me, that was the absolute peak. And that for me was when they won that game playing like they did in that game, that for me was confirmation that they were going to go to the Super Bowl. There's so many Aaron Rodgers things that come to mind that I just think, Man, the one that I started to watch was that Arizona game when it was like fourth and 15. They were on about the six yard line, 94 yards away. And both those throws to Jeff Janice of all people. Right. That was bananas. Like they moved the football 94 yards. 
There's no way Arizona should have had every guy back. And those two throws favorite Aaron Rodgers throw of all time was the throw on the sideline to Jared Cook in that playoff game where then Crosby then kicked like a 50 yarder to win it. But he was rolling to his left through across his body to a spot. Yeah. I don't have words for that throw. Fuck the Cowboys. That'll be interesting too. Like, I I don't think, Obviously, the Jets, we played the Jets at home this year, so that's not going to happen. But it'll be interesting, you know, whatever, however things play out with the end of his career, whether that's with the Jets, without the Jets, or when he decides to retire, what his, you know, return to Green Bay, what that'll be like. If I don't the think Packers any- played the Jets, that would be on primetime guarantee, right? Well, that's what happened with when Favre went to, to the Vikings, and I was actually at that game. That was a and- Sunday night game, wasn't it? Yes. And it was booze throughout the stadium. You think so or no? Aaron Rodgers no. gets booed in Green no, Bay? No, 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 no. Never. If he was a Viking, maybe. Ooh. <laughs> uh, well, Not as I a might, Jet. I might even boo him then, too. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, are you, Brett Favre Jr.? No. Right. <laughs> Following the same path. Then I would be pissed at Aaron Rodgers. That's just a middle finger. We thought it was a middle finger from Favre at that time. And it was. Yeah. That would be the same thing for him. I mean, if he's smart, he can ride out the New York market and just like, not that he doesn't already have shitloads of money, but I mean, I guarantee you, you probably can't go online right now and find an Aaron Rodgers Jets jersey for sale. They got to be got off the shelf already. What number will he be? Is he going to be 12? I know we talked about this. Eight. That's what I thought I saw. Eight. What the fuck is eight? Is he Ron Longwell? Namath was 12, right? Namath was 12. So he wore eight in college at Cal. Oh, oh! Look you at don't. you, historian. That's why we love you. <laughs> They've got to be like flying off the shelves. And if he's smart, just like use that New York market as your retirement piece. Not that you, not that, not he, that needs he needs money, any more money, right? It's a completely different animal than small town USA, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Peter, you will it? you watch every Jets game this year? No, 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 I won't. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I will watch more Jets games this year than I would ever have watched in the past. I would never have turned a Jets game on on purpose unless it was on a Thursday night game when I had nothing else to watch. Same here. You watch five games? Yeah, unfortunately. So I think one of the good reasons for getting the, the, the trade done now from an NFL perspective is that the trade is done before the, before the schedule comes out, right? Because the worst thing that they could have hap- had happen was they put the Jets on all these New- prime time games, yeah. expecting Rodgers to be there, and he doesn't and get not. traded there. Yeah. yeah. Or you put every Jets game on at noon, whatever, and then nobody's watching those damn games. And Goodell was probably getting in their ears like, get this thing finished, god dang no it. No shit. We no got shit. plans. We got to make plans here. All right. I need more money myself. Yeah, like Roger Goodell oh, gets just, paid like Jesus himself. Isn't he like, isn't it like 50 million a year or something? It's a crazy? stupid It's number. stupid. Yes. Yeah, to do stupid. what exactly? I'm sure I thought that's what my average cheese contract was. Yeah, 5 million. Spread it's just the decimal over... point is way <laughs> to the left. Point yeah. zero 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 five million. 
Oh, I that put a it. bunch of zeros on there. You the zeros were in a different place. That was it. No, well, the zeros are after the five, but there's also a bunch before the five. So, <laughs> you know, not what you expected. Sorry. Todd, before the show, you talked about David Bakhtiari talking about that it's rebuilding. Yeah. Bakhtiari said he talked to Jordan Love. So it's not like he's yeah. like, oh, fucking Jordan Love's going to suck and we're rebuilding. Yeah, I mean, I think his comments were just, yes, what he's saying is, is it the truth? Yeah, obviously. And I think he's... I don't know. I, I think from my perspective, as a if I'm a veteran player, an all pro player, a leader, I might not maybe put that out and on you know for public consumption. I think it just kind of can get twisted around a couple of different ways. There's obviously the thing hanging over his head about in reality, this is his last year in, in Green Bay, more than likely. And for him to kind of come out and say, Well, yeah, it's just a rebuilding year. So like and maybe I'm twisting around, but I just feel like he probably could have not gone public with that type of comment. I mean, his I contract just, says that he very likely is no longer in a Packer oh, yeah. after this year. Yeah. I'm stuck here. And so I'm just going to kind of do what I have to do. And that doesn't really give your, he's not a rookie, but like first year quarterback, that much confidence when your left tackle is saying stuff like that. But David Bakhtiari is playing for one more contract. He can't just shut it down unless he's going to retire. I mean, he's made a buttload of money, but at 32, you think you've got another contract in you and he has to prove to the league that he can still play and make it through an entire season. When did he come in last year? Like what week was that? Eight ish. I don't know. He came, he was back and forth and he had the, yeah, there was a surgery and and shit. And then, yeah, my cousins, but then he, um, I thought, you know, for the, the stretch of games that he played full time, he appeared to be back at full form. Right. So, I mean, if he can pick up where he left off and put together, you know, 17 weeks this season, he might just get that somewhere else, but it won't be with the Packers. No, there's no chance. But he has to play 17 games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or 16. But he can't play 12 games. He ain't getting money. It's not happening. You got to show the durability that that knee is. Is fine. Yeah. The the only other thing that comes to my mind is you were going to ask me about the Packers draft day steals. You want to do that on Thursday? Yeah, let's do it on Thursday. Yes. Yes. I will make myself a note right now, Peter, to ask you about draft day steals. I got little notes right here. Official. Very official looking. Yes, they're they don't even all face in the Paper same direction. And like a pencil. Words are like all like in a circle, like I'm some type of scrap paper. It is scrap paper, actually. All right. So thanks for listening. Episode one hundred and twenty-one A. Thanks for listening to episode one hundred and twenty-two of the Average Cheese Podcast. The I don't know who it was show. Go back, go. Go back, go. go. Back, go.